0: Thank <laughs> Welcome to the Humans of Hospitality podcast. I know so many of you listening to this show love your local bar, your local restaurant, maybe your local hotel, and have so many fond memories of time in hospitality businesses. This is the podcast where we get to chat to the human beings behind the scenes of that industry. Maybe the chefs or the bakers or the coffee roasters or the gin distillers or the craft brewers or the entrepreneurs, but all doing an amazing job of making sure the hospitality stays interesting and the big dull formulaic brands do not take over our high street please enjoy the show In today's podcast, we are going to be speaking with Rupert Holloway from uh, Conker Gin, Uh, and uh, Rupert's a top guy, uh, has been producing some amazing gin for the past four years, and we talk about all sorts of stuff. Rupert has an incredible eye for detail, so we chat about why if you don't want to stick a candle in it. It's not good enough. I'll leave you to listen to work out what we're talking about. Uh, we talk about why gin used to be considered to be safer than water. Uh, an incredible collaboration that Rupert's uh, just started with the, uh, the RNLI. Uh, the nostalgia of playing Conkers as a kid. And, uh, and the kind of the great memories that just that word... Conquer brings up and even how giving away a bottle of gin led to an inflatable balloon animal spider and a random phone call from chef Marco Pierre White. So uh, yeah we cover a few topics it's safe to say. I very much hope you enjoy the conversation. Thank you so much. Rupert, thank you so much for well, allowing me the uh, the opportunity to come in. I know it's a crazy busy time of the year, so uh, thank you for taking some time out of your busy day. I'm looking Easy forward peasy. To yeah, yeah, it's a pleasure. Pleasure to have you, Mark. Good, thank you. So we are at uh, Conquer Spirit HQ, in essence. Can you just describe... Where we are, how we got here—just, just, just a little bit about Conquer. Your yeah. kind of your your brief intro.
1: Yeah, well, quite amazingly, actually, we're sitting around a conference table with co- a Conquer branded conference table. We look it's quite pretty, professional, don't we? It's
0: Really, very cool, actually. Yeah, but um, I'll get a photo. If
1: you were here, um, yeah, literally last Christmas, this this little room was filled with just secondhand desks, um, and you know, four of us working away. And in the time, yeah, in the, in that space of the year, we've um, built another little office. We've had enough, we've got another unit, so we've got a proper bottling line with proper equipment, and, and about yeah eight people in the team now. So yeah, yeah um, Conger is basically the ever moving m- beast, um, yeah. but it's yeah it's it's brilliant, amazing. It's, so how many years? So the first bottle was sold in April. 15. Um, but the building I just walked you around downstairs that was a lease I took out in November 14. So, okay, so and i did my day, day job in April 14. So, it's right for four years, 20 years. Rupert. That's how long <laughs> yeah, you've been doing yeah, it. How, does it exactly, like, yeah. how long
0: does it feel? <laughs> that should be a better question. Is it, is it gone like a blink of an eye? Yeah, or? yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. It, it does completely feel like a blink of an eye, and um. Yeah. And, and I, I remember when I left my day job in April 14, and then it took a whole year to get, get it sort of approved by the HMRC, all the packaging and everything finished. And I remember saying to people, oh, it just, you know, it's taken so long. And, you know, it's been, it's been an awful wait, you know, and pain, quite painful wait for me, because yeah. obviously, you know, you're, it's a massive risk and what have you. But, um, Everyone else was like, that's really fast. Yeah, what are you yeah, talking that's really- about? That's that's lightning speed to go from basically saying, handing your notes in as a charter severe and going, I I'm not doing that anymore. And then a year later, being a gin owning a gin distillery yeah. you know it's bonkers yeah no it's impressive yeah and if you'd um you know has it has it gone as you planned if you
0: take yourself back to when you first thought of doing this and you'd, you'd fast forwarded would you would you have seen yourself
1: here in four years time is it or did you not really have an expectation it's um way exceeded yeah i think i think we did like our year my year five kind of numbers in in like the end of the second year you know so well, yeah okay. so you know i, I that's probably a partly because i Cast really kind of reserved projections. Thought you know, just this is all I needed to do really to yeah. replace my day job, okay. and that's really all I wanted. It I just wanted it to not be employed. Right. I wanted Concord to employ me and and pay me. Yeah, uh, but now it employs eight people, and you know, does all this stuff. So it's it's definitely exceeded expectations. Yeah, and I'd, I'd say actually the most significant thing it's done is people's people's opinion of us and how people talk about us. Yeah, and and the spread. Of conquer and you know, you go walking into a bar in London and seeing someone order it. Yeah, you know, nice. you know, it's this, it's mad, it's, it's quite mad. And that
0: name, so I think conquer. We've, I think you know, it's a great name. I think because I think for most of us, just the word conquer is a really nostalgic kind of yeah. word. As, as soon as you hear conquer, conquers, yeah. you kind of think back yeah. to school and kind of playing with your mates and that kind of stuff. Do you think that's been part of it around a kind of around the brand and the story as well as the product? Or
1: yeah, I I think. Um, I'm a big believer that you know, the liquid has to be great because then yeah. people will come back. And obviously people have come back. So I think that the, the gin's good. Um, but the, 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 every part of a brand, I think, needs to just be like delicious and, and like you want to just take it home. So we, we, we I kind of take this like design-led approach and I've got this thing. If you don't want to stick a candle in it, then it's not good enough. You know, like it's just these bottles can't end up in the bin you know and um the name was complete like accident complete serendipity but it was as soon as i saw it um and 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 it just fit because it like you say it's that perfect nostalgic word and also it's like it's like repurposing a word as well so it's like a, it was almost a bit of a dead word in a way you know for an adult when would you ever say conquer like yeah. pretty much never so it kind of repurposes word. Um, yeah, it's, it's like a,
0: a lot of the best things that you see. You know, once you, you know, I've become very familiar with it over the mm-hmm. years. But it's one of those ones where you think, yeah, why don't I see that more? You know, why is yeah. that word not being used more often? Yeah, which is yeah. which is the way with some of the best brands, I think. Mm. Isn't it? You think, oh, it's a really good, really clever, really simple name. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Every time I hear it, I don't know, you hear conquer, and you just, mm. puts a smile on your face. Not just yeah. because yeah. It's, uh, it's a great deal. <laughs> but literally. Because, yeah, oh yeah, well, yeah, drink enough of it and yeah. you'll smile anyway. Yeah,
1: it sounds good. It's that two-syllable thing. It also writes really well. So when you, know, when you write it down in, in capital letters, it looks really strong. Yeah. But as I say, it was complete. It so was, where did did it come from Where yeah was the complete accident so when I was when I was a miserable charter surveyor and I kept I'd, I'd, me and Emily um, my now wife had basically made a commitment for me to leave my day job because it was just I was just miserable you know mm. mo- Monday morning grump basically uh, how long did you do um so yeah a long time so seven years so I, I I went back to uni I did biology initially then went back to uni and did construction to get so I could convert my degree and then I did it seven years To the point where I got chartered, which is like this R I C S thing. And basically came out the other side of that and just saw my career and just thought, Oh, is that really is that really really what I'm gonna I'm gonna do? And um in an early midlife kind of moment, really.
0: I was quite young to do that. At least you did that quickly. Yeah. Did you At least always? I hope it, it wasn't my midlife crisis. Yeah. <laughs> if it was, no.
1: I've got days left. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: although let's hope you just got it out of the way. Really, you're yeah, not going to yeah. have another one. Because yeah. although that might be quite cool, imagine what what the next business would could be when you wake yeah. up one day and go, "Oh God, I'm bored of conquer." Then you can create something yeah. else. Events. But hey, so, so we did haven't you... quite got to the conquer no. story, have yeah. we? <laughs> no, 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 we're not there. No, go um, on, carry on.
1: Yeah. So I kept texting Emily business ideas, and they were all completely assassinated by Emily. In the, you know, Excellent. very swiftly put to bed. And then I text her one day, "Hi darling, I hope you're well. Um, and by the way, I want to start. I think we should make gin. Launch Dorset's first gin distillery." And um, she texts back within about two minutes, just two words, one word, "acorn," and then "conquer." Really? So I, I basically text back a question mark <laughs> saying what are you talking about yeah. you've lost your mind have you been drinking gin yeah. yeah already on it and then she so she was a school teacher just down the road here at stourfield um and was basically writing a list for what she was going to do with her classroom that day but just in the text box so it was really bizarre and then she just sent that sent that in reply to my text and then i replied immediately actually that's an amazing word Really, really... Sp- so it it's completely random, and I wouldn't make yeah. that story up because yeah. it's painfully boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's but um, it is where it... Yeah. yeah, so within basically within 10 minutes we had this word, which, as you say, is, like, perfect. Yeah, and we really didn't good. have to, like, you know, pay some agency to, yeah. uh,
0: it's, it's, to dream it's, up. It's uh, serendipity. I'm a big believer that the kind of, you know, universe works in mysterious ways, and if these yeah. things are meant to be, then, then things yeah, happen. So. I've
1: actually found with Conquer that a lot of it's... Um, Feels like it's just landed in front of me, which is yeah. which is a bit like you were saying. How did I come across this building? Yeah, and then how how you know our neighbors moving out, we being able to expand where we are in Southbourne. Sometimes I just think, what if that hadn't happened? What if I hadn't had this building? And um, it would it would probably be a very different story. But yeah. I think I think that's when you when you put yourself in a position, when you put yourself out there, it actually does all does all kind of unfold in front of you because you kind of. Make things happen really yeah. sometimes. I think it's just taking
0: that—it's that cliche, but you've got to take that first step. Yeah. There's an inevitability about it. I, I, I get involved with you know new projects and done a number of stuff over the years. And I almost know now that once I take that that kind of first step, there's an inevitability of everything else. I might have no idea about how it's mm. going to pan out and, and whether it's going to work, but I just know as soon as you can kind of see it in your head, you mm. just go, well, look, whatever crops up, I'll deal with it. You know, whatever mm. opportunity, whichever way the, the turn goes. Mm. And, and yeah, you just start. I You're think
1: kind like, of making yourself available, aren't you? Yeah, so, exactly. For an opportunity, so I, yeah. I suppose people are opportunities are put in front of people all the time but they're perhaps not in the mindset to actually seize upon it 100%.
0: So yeah.
1: like running a business is basically making yourself available. Yeah, and for making the good a decision. And bad I guess. Yeah,
0: and it's that, you know, it's that paralysis of analysis I think. You know, I often look at things and go, right, okay, and most people probably wouldn't take this opportunity because they'll analyze it, they'll think about it. There's an inevitable risk. And you mm. get to that point of risk, which is where most people will probably go, okay, I'm going to think about this a little bit more and then yeah. years disappear. Mm. And I think the entrepreneur's job is to kind of go, okay, uh, I'm actually just going to take the step, take the step. And, and it's almost like multiple first steps. It's like, okay, I don't, yeah. I don't know how this is going to pan out, but I'm just going to take the next step. And it, yeah. you know, it becomes it becomes inevitable, which I think is exciting. So, um, you know, with regards to gin, do you remember your first gin? Were you a gin drinker <laughs> as a kid? Does it, is it something you've thought about? Um,
1: yeah, there's quite... A, I think so. Fred, who joined the team, pretty much months after I launched Conquer. Me and him used to get through a bottle of Bombay Sapphire as a, you know, in our late teens. Did you? And yeah, okay. yeah. That was our kind of tipple yeah. of, of a, you know, weekend and what have you. Right. Which I think was probably unusual, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Given that would have been, oh, I don't even know when that would have been, but basically pre gin. Yeah. Cool. Before the boom. Gin cool. Yeah. Um. So it had a taste of it, but I, I, I never, um, I never paint the kind of marketing spin that I was this frustrated gin connoisseur who always wanted to make his own gin it was just the fact that I I actually really like food and and really good beers and wines and have a palate for it not that I'd kind of known before doing Conquer, but as soon as I started going down that road I realized I had a really cracking palate and was able to distill I was able to pull out different botanical flavors and work out a good recipe Okay. obviously, as a quantity surveyor, you don't really know you've got that. No, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you, you literally come up with the
0: idea, your your now wife says, yes, great.
1: Yeah.
0: That's when most people would have kind of forgotten about it and gone yeah. on to the next and 20. And opened a bottle of gin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of, let's just drink this one. Yeah. Where do you go? I mean, you, you presumably had to
1: just go off and research. Did you know how to make
0: gin at the time? Did you know no. the process? Was it literally kind of like, this is an idea, start yeah. from scratch?
1: Yeah, I'd watched, uh, I, I, I struggled to remember the exact, like, Gin light bulb. I, yeah. I remember um, being in the mindset of finding a, a, a new career or my own thing. So I was w- making myself available, like yeah. we were saying, yeah. to, um, to, to to new ideas. And I watched a, a, a YouTube video um, by a, a, an American guy who sort of quit his job, or well, no, not quit his job, retired probably as a wealthy solicitor. It was a bit different to my story, but he then <laughs> invested all that into a gin distillery. And it was a beautiful YouTube video of this massive stills. And I just thought, that'd be amazing. Mm. And then I did some sniffing around in the, at the UK and discovered Sips, what Sipsmith were doing in London. Um, but they even so, like Sipsmith, at the time, you couldn't even get Sipsmith down here. It was still Bombay and Gordon's. And the, maybe the odd bar had Sipsmith, but it was still really early on. Um, and I just thought, if I could just pick up Sit Smith operation and and dump it in Southbourne and do it our way. I just couldn't see how anyone would turn that away. I just, it was just one of those ideas. I just thought someone, if I don't do it, someone else will, I'm I'm, so like, and that's quite a powerful motivator.
0: Huge, yeah, terrifying yeah.
1: sometimes for me because I I get stuff stuck in my head and I think
0: somebody's you know now I've had that idea there yeah. must be hundreds of people who are thinking yeah. about it and you you end up rushing ahead and, and then there's compulsions compulsion actually, to nobody do was, it. Nobody was, nobody was thinking about it. Although yeah. in your case, yeah. to be fair, there was a few people kind of not too far. Behind yeah, you, I suppose. But just to count, so so you you decide you're going to do it. Is it then literally a case of you know? Do you just try to still in some at home, or do you go straight for the kind of commercial production, or did you have a little test first to see if you were any good at mm. it? Did you make any
1: crap gin? Yeah, <laughs> <Not> lots. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> yeah, not anymore. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, 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 way yeah back no. When. So I just um, took took the kind of approach that anything can be learned, and that you know nothing's impossible, and it is just a recipe. It's just flavors. So I I bought a little one and a half liter pot still. Um, which is the same as what we use now, but just on a tiny, tiny scale. And then um, start at the beginning. I knew, I knew the kind of profile of the gin. So I knew I wanted it to be classic in style, which meant means it's, it's like a London dry. But then I would add, sort of bolt on these Dorset flavours that give it sort of local character. So I just started trying to distill a, a, a London dry. Um, this is literally in your kitchen? Yeah. Or? So literally my kitchen. And because, um, it was always going to be a genuine, you know, bona fide business. I I got the HMRC to license my kitchen as wow. a as a little um, for the purposes of um, recipe development. Okay, is that so hard could, or they... well, um, it's it's a basically a paperwork thing, and it was hard in the sense that when the HMRC actually came to license this premises, they'd never been in a distillery before. Really? So it was the lady who was part of the you know because it was in the southwest or whatever. Um, they they hadn't seen a distillery for you know a hundred years or something. Wow. So they, I was kind of well, suddenly realised I was the one who knew all about the <laughs> distillery. Perfect. Yeah, it's great. You just have to sign here. Yeah, uh, so it, trust was,
0: me, it's all lovely.
1: Yeah, so I mean, they they knew what they had to do from a legal perspective, but they'd actually never set foot in a distillery, which is I thought was amazing. Um, but in terms of yeah, so the the hardest thing about getting my kitchen license was, was the fact that it was a rented house wow, okay. <laughs> so, right, luckily, did I, you tell uh, the landlord yeah I did I asked the landlord and, and, and he very I mean amazingly again it's all, all thanks to everyone else really but amazingly he said yeah no problem because he was an old, a friend from an old work colleague right and um I kind of like to think we rewarded him by putting you see on the on the bottle you've got these coordinates either side of the label. Yeah. Those coordinates on the Dorset Dry are the house wow, that we really. started at. Oh, nice. So if you were to you could just turn up, at house turn up at house and go, <laughs> start demanding the gin. Okay. And yeah. then the coffee liqueur that we launched two years later, because that was developed at this address, yeah. those are the um coordinates are here oh, and the R okay, and nice. gin is for the R and headquarters in Paul and the port gin barrel is the is the porthouse in Portugal
0: and is that do you tell that story anywhere else is that one of those we don't subtle really sort of tell it, no. in the know things Yeah, That's exactly. Cool. I must admit I haven't seen your bottle you know hundreds and hundreds of times I suppose if I'd thought about it, maybe I'd have yeah, made the link. Yeah. But I just haven't thought about it. Just so he, it go, he, pr- he
1: pr- proudly tells it, you know his buddies in the pub, you know that's where that all started in my house. <laughs> that's pretty <really> cool. Isn't <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so
0: you, you 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 perfect the recipe in your house and then go. Yeah. Okay, this is actually a good product. Is is that how it worked to actually then go? Yeah, I'm going to do I, this I, really I did.
1: Deep. I did carry on the, the like progress with the business. Just thinking, the recipe will will we will sort out the recipe. So while that was all happening. You know, I was sort of developing the, 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 the physical brand in terms of its design and everything else in the, in the background, like, you know, getting your website, um, securing all the kind of copyright on the brand and working out how you get hold of a glass bottle and talking to the HMRC. So alongside the recipe development was everything else. That's good. Yeah. Nice
0: to have that confidence that you knew you'd, you'd nail
1: the product. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're gonna get it's gonna be a product at some yeah. a gin. I mean, the yeah, yeah. the gin was gonna get made. Yeah. Good, um, good to have that confidence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you decide you're gonna do it, and then it's presumably
0: a case of what uh, funding and premises. I yeah. suppose is it was it uh, is it, you know expensive thing to get started. Or? Yeah,
1: I mean, there's, there's a there's a few ways you can set up a gin distillery, and when when a when a gin distillery just pops out of nowhere and they've got these big stills and everything's shiny, you know they've had. A lot of zeros in their bank balance to be able to do that because that's literally hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds and that's something we're, we're hoping to do you know in the next couple of years and we've right. we've been around for three years so i started to do the, did it the other way and that was from complete shoestring we got a um a 30 liter still so we could make you know in in one batch we could do about 40 bottles i was hand labeling bottles and the biggest commitment was that, yeah the, the three year lease on the building downstairs, and that was um, so. Although it is expensive, you can do it in an incredibly shoestring way, and it, yeah, it takes you know tens of thousands of pounds. Um, but it, you know, for starting a business, that's probably pretty standard. So that so I, I started with a um, a startup loan from the government. So that's one of those business loans, low 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 um, interest sort of loans, um, and then a ten thousand pound grant from the Dorset Growth Hub. Which was basically a if we create two or three jobs over two or three years, they basically give you 10,000 pounds, which we were we managed to get. So that involved writing a business plan and doing all the projections. And at a time when I was thought my time was perhaps better placed, like finding a premises and telling everyone about the gym, I was yeah, at home writing the business plan, which was which was tricky. I remember that being but it was a means to an end because you didn't have any money to into it. Yeah. So it wasn't that you had a few hundred thousand pounds but no. wanted to do it wanted to do it in a <laughs> yeah, small yeah. way. How am I going to spend all yeah, this yeah. money? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I know I'll just start really small. Yeah. Under. No it was um complete yeah. yeah so through, I, through
1: necessity. There was no um savings or you know second home I could sell. Right. It was a case of um Weak. I sold my car which raised about 6000 pounds. I had a couple of um Credit cards, and then that 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 twenty thousand pound through loan and grant, and yeah, and basically crept across the line. Okay. And then when we could afford to buy two pallets of bottles rather than just one, and when we could afford to buy a little semi-automatic labeler that had a little. <laughs> when I say semi-automatic, I mean like a little handle rather than just sticking it on by hand, a little roller handle. And then yeah, we've just that's um, been we, that's how we operate today. Actually, yeah. when we can afford it, we upgrade.
0: Were you, uh, I used the word terrified, but, you know, were you scared of, of failure at that point or were you pretty relaxed about how it was going to pan out? I mean, you know, selling your car and, yeah. you know, walking everywhere and giving up a, a reasonably paid job. And it's a lot of years of learning. Yeah. Were you utterly confident or was it a kind of, I'm just going
1: to take a punt? Yeah. It's a funny one because people do say, oh, that, must, that was really brave to do that. And, I'm, and every time people say that, I kind of think, it, well, it doesn't feel brave at the time. Mm. You just, because, your mindset has shifted from you know to me staying in the day job that's brave, you know actually just what am I going to do just keep my head down for the rest of my life and just you know be miserable um and also what is the risk because when at the time i was didn't have a mortgage i did that lasted about a year and a half <laughs> and then i didn't, I didn't have any children again that lasted about a year yeah so I could have walked back and and as a quantity survey, you know, very easily. In fact, probably still now, if they're still listening, they would have me back if if I, you know, had to get the pay the mortgage if it all went wrong. And so, people, you know, people say people kind of pin. It's like that. You say you, you you have the idea and then you kind of you justify not pursuing it. And often it's. Um, you will, you will, you will tell yourself not to do something, even if it's not actually logical, because normally the the risk isn't, you know, there's, there's, especially if you've kind of worked in in a career and you've built up experience that doesn't just go up in smoke. You know, yeah, <laughs> it? no, it's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. No, I guess it's that comfort of having something to go back on. I was the same, to be fair,
0: when I started. Yeah, no, no kids. No, yeah, not married, and uh, yeah, no mortgage. So it is easier, I think, isn't mm. it? You kind of. I, I was always very relaxed. I remember having to sign personal guarantees for everything I did, yeah. and I was kind of like, "Look, I'll sign whatever you like. I don't own anything. You know, it's literally <laughs> anything yeah. I have is is on credit or yeah, rented. Yeah. Same thing. You know, everything's on credit card. Yeah. I, think, I remember getting a twenty grand loan for a car, mm. and then not buying a car with it because nobody was really checking. Yeah. And uh, and yeah. yeah, just just trying to accumulate some uh, mm. some cash. So I think you've got to, you know, I like to call them a little white lies, really, isn't it? Rather than yeah. rather than blatant lies, but you've got to be a bit creative with with finding cash. Yeah. I think, but it is it's that kind of fallback position for me was the same. It's like you know, if need be, I'll go and get a job. Yeah. So if it, is it has it become kind of less, if you you, you weren't scared anyway, but you know, mm. you become increasingly confident, or does the market shift and pivot enough that it's still a bit of a roller coaster? It's definitely
1: it's definitely i don't yeah i don't feel, i don't think you ever feel particularly safe like um i'm I'm confident that conquerors found a place in people's hearts and it's actually um you know would take something pretty miraculous for it all to go wrong i think um but it's um but there's but there's we don't rest on on our laurels at all so this year has been about massively reinvesting in our packaging and, and, and our offering and our products and we're investing into our space and people and, you know, because if you just think, oh, well, we'll just keep on smashing out what we've been doing and yeah. let people come to us, it, you'll, you'll soon, you will know, there'll be a rude awakening. But I don't think you ever, that kind of cliche of, oh, you've made it, I don't think it actually holds, mm. holds true. I think it's more, um, you, perhaps, you perhaps get over the brow of of startup. Like uphill startup, you know, no one really knows you, and and then actually actually start people recommending you, and your your name, your brand is a name in conversation, and then and then it perhaps has organic growth rather than just your sweat and blood and tears to to grow it. So, I'd like to think we're just over that crest
0: good and that first so going back to that to, to the story i guess so when, that first kind of bottle you needed to sell was it was it you i think i remember you coming into yeah. the, kind of into the hotels and the restaurants you know personally and going definitely you know i've made this is that is that how it got off the ground was it literally sort of you know person to person mouth to mouth yeah
1: so in that so from leaving my day job to selling the first bottle was a year um we probably had about well even when the recipe wasn't completed i was sending off recipes two three and four to like selfages for them to try out and basically really open book saying um this is what we're doing great to have you involved in trying out trialing the recipes and stuff um so but basically by the time we were licensed to sell we had customers all lined up so you know we had uh bottles going off so the one of the first batch went off to urban uh, beach um, so one of the first bottles and then the same to like the and Glen and, um. Nice that we're in the same sentence there. Yeah, exactly. Urban and Glen. We're normally the deliveries and consecutive. <laughs> yeah, those hotels. Sometimes they go there first. You can get those hotels mixed up. Yeah, yeah, easily done. Up easily way. done. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, so although, you know, you could have seen that year of not being able to sell and I was literally going to food fairs and just giving away little samples of gin, um, you know, that's quite a painful experience in a way, but it was building up an audience. So by the time we started selling, though that 60 bottle, I think we did 60 bottles in the first week, you know, two went off to this wine shop, bottle went down to Urban Beach and it, they just disappeared. And it, and it was like that for, you know, selling everything we could make for two, at least two years. Wow. and then we were able to make a bit more and have a bit of safety yeah. net. Not well yeah, when you showed
0: me around then I was just impressed to see you've actually got a bit of stock on the shelf. So yeah, uh, yeah it's not, yeah. not 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 instantaneously. You're not behind anymore, you No, actually... it's not there's
1: no there's no um horrible moments of being thinking you might let people down. Actually we never did actually, but it was just right we got a bottle through the night kind of. Yeah.
0: So if you stopped making how lot how much stock have you got, you know, if you uh, how long would you last if you stopped producing today?
1: Uh oh, not long. No, a few no. days or? Well, no, I think we'd um I mean, with, with Christmas, Christmas and November just kick off and you do like most of your business, so like a third of your business in, in November and December. Um, so you wouldn't, might, might last long now, but yeah, we've, we're, you know, into the spring now we'd, we'd probably okay, be okay. That's good. And yeah. then January comes and everybody stops exactly. Yeah. drinking slows for, down, for yeah. a few weeks, which yeah. is which is always a
0: challenge. Yeah. So I, I don't know um, too much about the gin sector, but I guess as you, as you were alluding to earlier, you know, when you started, there wasn't a lot of these small producers. You had the big guys, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of international brands i suppose yeah um did it used to be is it like other trades there used to be lots of little distilleries and lots of little gin makers and they just disappeared
1: yeah i mean the the story goes that there was you know a a gin still in every every house in london back in the kind of gin lane kind of days Um, and i think basically back back in the day it was a case of what the water That came out the well. I'm going to say came out the taps. Probably not even out the taps, but it was just so polluted and and dirty that basically most people drank beer or spirits. Right, good times. (laughs) Yeah, 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 because beer, having a bit of alcohol in there, sterilised any nasties in the water. Um, And then um, it all got a bit out of hand, I think. And then basically they, the government, basically licensed only two or three distilleries, or made the the entry fee to do it so extremely high that only two or three could possibly do it and so that and that was the status quo for hundreds of years with um you know the same way that you know, 10 years ago there would have been maybe three or four brands that would pop up in your head if you were to think of gin everyone from Greenalls to one a relatively new brand but you know um gordon's and the like beef eater mm. um and i think now it's exploded just because of the you know if you give people choice then there's a gin for everyone isn't there there's a there's a everyone can have their own personal discovery and their own personal taste so what was the trigger for that change was it was there some sort of legislative change or yeah apparently yeah i think uh, i think it strings back to um gordon brown lifting this kind of um prohibitive sort of restriction on still sizes so i think up yeah uh, up to a certain time that you, you you had to have a still that was so big which made it completely cost prohibitive for any new brand to join the market so i think that was lifted and i think sitsmith then you know got got involved and and were the first in london to do that i think they were the first gin distillery in a couple hundred years in the in the city um so yeah it's just it sprang from that really i mean the you know the, the barriers to entry they're just not there now from a legis- legislatively uh, perspective um it's more, um, you know, just like any other business now, like finding, finding, wrestling for space. Yeah. So you you seem to hit that sweet spot because you uh, yeah, four
0: years ago probably mm. you know the the, the gin revolution mm. so to speak I suppose had started, in yeah, it, it was started early days. Started, is it yeah. is that you've seen that presumably gather momentum? Do you feel like you were
1: fortunate and you just timed it bang on? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was very fortunate. I mean, I mean, um, short of actually being first in the country, um, that would have been nice. But yeah, we we. Um, there were probably, when we launched it, there were probably like 10 or 15 sort of proper gin distillery, gin, gin brands that I, looked, I was looking at at the time thinking, God, if only I could be as big as these guys. Um, now they're probably, yeah, best part of two or 300, I would have thought, in the UK. Um, there aren't so many actual distilleries, and I think that's like a, a key thing that we shout about, is that we're the real, real deal. And we we distill it and bottle it and label it all in house and there's there's then there's a, there's very few that actually distill it themselves. There's even fewer that actually go to the length of bottling it themselves as well. So we kind of like to think we do. You know, I don't I think we're kind of sadists in that way, mm. but it's it just makes it proper craft in my opinion. That we're the real yeah real deal so that kind
0: of leads into my my question i suppose as to why do people care this is this Mm. thing you know the whole point we're having this conversation is that i think it's really important that people hear the stories of the artisans and the craftspeople and you know the amount of love and passion that goes into a product and we'll come to that Mm. in a minute with regards to the actual ingredients you use but yeah why it seems that people didn't care probably 10 years ago whether it was just through lack of choice but these things must co- coexist I guess the, the, the A choice or, or B choice you know mm. demand of choice whichever way around it comes but why do people want to buy from the little mm. guy do you
1: think I think there's a whole 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 ream of things I think the internet firstly has created that consumer because it's it's like enabled choice so you know 15 20 years ago the only brands we knew about were put through our TVs or radios or broadsheets or billboards and so we 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 just had no means of exploring our, our alternatives. So we've kind of the internet has kind of enabled one enabled brands like me to exist because we can we can physically reach our customer without you know on 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 pennies basically, Um and it allows people to Google and scope out and be kind of early adopters of interesting things and tell their mates. Hey, so there's just that kind of an ability to be. Unique and find out stuff, um, and then I'm a bit of a you know maybe it's the cynic in me, but I think we're all kind of there's a lot of meaningless stuff out there, and I think it's all about finding fundamentally like why people associate with brands. I think it's about finding meaning, and 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 associating yourself with a brand that can tell the world what you're like. Same what same way why you'd wear a certain clothes or wear drive a certain car. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's just um, it's about it's it. People know that there's a there's a small team behind Conker, They know it's bottled in Southbourne. They know the gorse for, forage from the clifftops. tops. Um, it's the complete antidote to, um, you know, Gordon's Gin, which is, you know, a, a multinational, multi-billion-pound organisation. Um, and we like being that kind of providing that alternative, really. And do you think so? We, uh, I was chatting
0: to um, to Steve from Eight Hearts before around the fact that the you know the brewers caught on to this quite quickly, and they see what's happening yeah. in the craft market, and they start to use words like craft. and There's no official legislation around defining craft, okay. and, and whether is it the same in the gin market? Are the big guys kind of you know kind of scared of what's happening? Are they starting to rebrand and repackage and tell the story a little bit more?
1: Yeah, I get really, I take a lot of joy from exposing kind of false craft gins. <laughs> just when I go around like you know, you know if I'm at an event and I start talking to one I say oh, so you know where, where, do, are you the distiller and they nod and I say, I'll say "So, so well, where do you get this distilled and they sort of mumble under their breath because this craft and also this word small batch as well um, and they'll say small batch and it might well genuinely be a small batch gin but it's made on the same stills that make Greenall's gin um, so yes yeah, a small batch but it's, it's a bit disingenuous isn't it really so I think um, I think there it will actually come from the consumer. I, I, we found at our events that the consumer is getting very clever on what constitutes gin. How what what is a proper you know? So they they ask us you know, do you, are you the distillery or you know all this sort of stuff you know. So I think they and it was very important from day one and from from my perspective when I was setting up Conker to be the distillery. Mm. It would have been very easy relatively to have just launched a gin have had someone develop the recipe for me they they've got all the hmrc licenses you know you you tomorrow could go to one of these th- big third-party white labeling gin manufacturers and, and probably about six weeks later put a gin on the shelves but that and you might have some sort of early success but then people will start digging in they'll be like oh so you're not a distillery and you're not oh, okay so tell me about how you came across this recipe and you're like well i just I wrote a description, you know. I pitched, I asked basically someone to do it for me. So, um, that, yeah, that whole craft, small batch, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's paraded around a lot. And actually, it's, it's not always what it seems.
0: Mm, yeah. That's, that's, that's my concern, I guess. And the reason I'm having these conversations is I think, yeah, it's about making people, uh, conscious i suppose and 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 i don't mind where people buy their stuff and what they buy their stuff i have an opinion on it and i know mm. what i would prefer mm. but hopefully the more you know people become educated the more they will ask these questions because i'm always nervous that the big brands have got you know they've got massive budgets they can access mm. the designers and the website and they start to use the words and the terminology and even the artwork they start to use mm. they can so cleverly, artificially make it look like, you know, they're doing the same as the rest of the sector. I think
1: Tesco are pretty good at this, actually. You go into Tesco and you'll pick up a a product and you think, oh, this looks good. And you actually, you look really carefully and it's like, you know, packaged for Tesco, written in small print. You think, wow, that genuinely looks like a new artisan brand. I think, so I I kind of say that um, in my head, (laughs) this is what happens. In my head, Diageo, um, who own, obviously, one of probably the biggest companies in the world, they get round a table, all their marketing executives, and they say, How can we um how can we appear more like Conquer?
0: Yes, I'm sure that's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know,
1: I mean, not literally, but yeah, basically, I- how can we appear small, um, independent, innovative, um, genuine, um, rooted in a in a culture or in a in a local um, community. Um, so you can use all the buzzwords and you can have all the best design packaging, but Fundamentally, if, if you're not inherently authentic, I think you'll be caught out. And also, the consumer is very clever, and they only need to have a quick Google and find these things out. So, and that's what I love about marketing conquer is that we just we use transparency in our favour. So we use I use this kind of mark, this strap line that marketing our marketing is is transparency. So we just turn the camera on ourselves. We don't have to conjure up a story, whereas Diageo have to conjure, conjure up something. Whereas we go, oh, look what we've been doing today. And, um, we just launched quick plug. We're just launching our new website and it's been an absolute, although it's been a, that's the, the most amount of work I've, I can possibly imagine. The, the contents all there. We've had th- three or four years of just taking photos on our phones and doing little snapshot videos and, um, progressing, making mistakes and, We've just had to just take the time to put it all together and write about it. But the amount of content and interesting story is all there because it is the distillery and not just a gin brand. And the thought of doing it the other way around and going, right, well, it's made by someone else, so how are we going to... Yeah. yeah, coming up with a name, yeah, would yeah, Rupert yeah. be a good name for a, yeah, a yeah. gym Although I think it is. So <laughs> <I> <laughs> yeah, do too. We, yeah, there's 27 that, other Ruperts, so it's going to look a bit fake. Yeah. yeah. But how we came up with that name, how we landed on Conquer was by that text message. And I've actually, at the time, thank God, um, did a little screenshot. And now it's we've just put it into our website as part of our journey. And, and so people can go onto our journey page. And go through every aspect of how we how we came about, and part of that is that.
0: Yeah, I think text. that's amazing, and I, I think that authenticity is key. I, I worry whether people. Um, you know they'll hear they'll hear the story and they'll they'll think great I love that and uh, I worry whether people think about it enough and actually they go yeah I'm always going to buy you know Conker Gin and then mm. they go to the supermarket and they just pick up the green bottle because it's deep into their psyche um, I really hope that you know retail's going through a mm. huge shift isn't it as we go online um, and I think that access to the people behind the brands the kind of the entrepreneurs these independents you didn't used to have that you know I used yeah. to go with my, with my dad when I was a kid and he'd take me to the shop at the weekends you know we mm. never thought about who owned, I don't know, wherever I was going for my treat, B&Q or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Whereas now, even on a, on a multinational level, you hear about you know the, the, the people behind Uber and mm. Facebook and all mm. these kind of guys. Even at that level, you mm. know, you feel you know the owner and you know yeah. their opinion through the web. And I hope... You know, some of those guys have been caught out because they're, 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 they're arseholes not necessarily those ones but, but people behind these yeah, companies yeah, yeah. but if, if you're genuine watch this space. yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when Rupert goes off on a, and we see the real Rupert yeah, yeah. crash um, and burn yeah but I think I think it is about authenticity isn't it but yeah. I, I hope people continue to dive a little bit deeper I worry that that's the niche of people people like you and I you know this mm. is our this is our day-to-day existence this is our heartbeat yeah. it's what we live for we buy from people not from brands and consciously make those decisions but the flip side is I go on Amazon and I order I order stuff, but I hope it's that's commodity orientated Mm. and that where there is. A story and where there's genuine individuals behind stuff, I, mm. hope, I hope that continues. And it's, it's interesting to think that, yeah, whilst the internet brings retail to its knees, that actually, you know, your retail, and as you said, you only really exist because of technology and access yep. to market. So hopefully it's just a change, and it's mm. not just about the world becoming dominated. Because mm. although I talk about this, humans of hospitality as the antidote to the brands of hospitality, and it, and it comes from a place of concern, but actually I'm very optimistic about it. Mm. I just think it's about this. It's about mm. having the conversation. We've been reading websites and we've got that access to information and, and and podcasts is just another way of getting into people's headspace and going, mm. yeah, just just think, please think about, mm. about what you're going because, uh, yeah, let's not make the yeah. world dull uh, and all and we'll stay in a in a Premier Inn for the rest of our lives because yeah. that would be boring.
1: Yeah, I think we've seen a, like a proliferation of, um, I think we will see many more independent brands because there's never been an easier time to... Um, yeah, access your customer, no matter how niche your product is, you know, you, you'll be Googled on the other side of the planet and someone will want you, you know, your services. Um, and that's brilliant because it means that little Jimmy who's going to his, uh, you know, through his A-levels or GCSEs and his careers advisor, hopefully they'll never say those kind of words. You'll never get a job doing that because just, I just, just doesn't hold anymore um so we'll see a lot more so a good example you know the gin we'll see loads of gins but there's you know there's a lot of wheat for the chaff you know there's a lot of and that's the only problem is the kind of if everyone has a, a to market and a voice then there's potentially going to be a lot of um you know may, I, I hope the quality doesn't drop and then maybe the artisans get a bad name for themselves i don't know i'm just literally mm. guessing now but um so i think um the, the, the consumer's choice that like when people go oh I'm just going to go to Pizza Hut instead or I'm just going to go you know down the road to some hotel that they can just rely on and maybe there's that I wonder if there's ever that fear of quality and, and you know if I'm going to spend this money I'd rather go for the safe bet than maybe take a punt on, 100%. on yeah. an artisan. Yeah, because I think those brands are getting
0: better. You know, I look back 13 years ago when we launched Urban Beach, you know, and, and, and the big hotels were rubbish. It was great. You know, mm. we, we were launching a, a kind of a five-star hotel, a boutique mm-hmm. hotel, only 12 bedrooms, mm. but, but really good quality. And then the likes of, you know, Premier Inn, they did get better. You mm. know, they've now got the plasma tellies and the Wi-Fi mm. and the decent comfy beds and, and they, you know, they don't share our story and our mm. history and our soul and our passion and they don't have a great kind of cocktail bar and restaurant on site. But in general, if you just want to go somewhere and have a decent kip, you know, mm. they're, they're, they're pretty good. So mm. yeah, they do they do catch up. And I wonder, yeah, yeah how that trajectory, how, you know, how do we stay in front? But going back to your point just now, you know, for, for other entrepreneurs or, or kids out there, you know, I do a, do a few talks to school sometimes, and I'm sure you do the same, but I think that access to information is so exciting. Mm. You know, what you could do with your life, your education, what you could, business you could set up, your your kind of future was controlled by who you knew and money for mm. education. And it's just not the case now, is it? You yeah. know, there's the, the, your access to the world's information on the phone in your pocket. And that's not just a Western thing, you know, there's, there's oh, people yeah. living in, in, in huts with no electricity in, mm. you know, historic third world, yet they've got access mm. to information yeah. in their pockets. Um, it's it's an exciting time yeah. to be alive i think yeah. isn't it well, we saw that as I was
1: in um ethiopia in february january this year right and you were going up the mountain to these coffee coffee farms that literally mud mud hut straw, straw roofs like absolute um what you would class as complete third world and um people sitting on their mobiles yeah so the, the, i mean incredibly happy um yeah, what we would call sort of, you know, it looks like a challenging life, but the priority is on, on connectivity and, and talking to yeah. another in, in, on the internet. So, yeah, the, the shift of power will go to the person with the uh, quickest thumbs, I reckon. Yeah, that's you know? true. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. That's definitely and, the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. But, um, you know, I, I, lack of lack of knowledge is just no excuse now. You've no. just got, you've got, if you've got an inkling of an idea or a passion, you've got really... Um, the, probably the only thing holding you back is your mindset. Yeah. Because now you can, you know, you can be in a meeting, business meeting, smile politely, and then Google what everyone was talking about. <laughs> you it's, know? That's true. And um, anything, any, you know, today, actually setting up a gin distillery would be immeasurably easier than when I did it. I, I've Doing this, putting our new website up, I've done some, you know, we have done some Googling tests of, of keywords and stuff. And you, you write in gin distillery now and you've got a YouTube video of how you can set it up. Whereas when I did it, even... For Four and a half years ago, you you could not find that. I had to like buy some gin gin books and things like that. It's yeah. really strange actually to think yeah. in that time. It's incredible, isn't it? The
0: speed of change yeah. is, is is insane. But I do, yeah. I'm I, I suppose being entrepreneurs, we're probably deluded optimists, Rupert, and we always think this yeah. is a this is a good yeah, yeah, thing. And yeah. um, e- equally. Uh, terrifying i guess you know two billion people instantaneously able to communicate it's the misinformation and the mm. fake news and the bad mm. stuff that can come out of it but mm. if we would go on that we'd probably need either gin or beer and another mm. few hours to go on that trajectory yeah. but uh yeah interesting times so um c- you know kind of con- continuing that chronological aspect i guess here you are four years later you know from the first ones to now you've now got a a, a team of people um how different is it? Your, your day-to-day existence now where it used to be kind of, you know, signing labels and sticking it on mm. the bottle. Do you feel overwhelmed by what you've created or are you still pretty pragmatic and, and taking each day as it comes?
1: Yeah, I think um, it's funny because your, your ambition shifts. As I said earlier on, I just wanted to replace my wage. And now I'm thinking, oh, I want to, I want to go into export and I want to, you know, and, and it grows, your, your, your horizon changes. Um, But, you know, with growing, you need to like, I've become a very good delegator, you know, so when I launched, I I controlled everything. And I still control everything now, but just from a kind of, you know, arm's length, you know, people, I've got people who can do things better than I can, you know, so... Um, so now my role is, um, you know, look, building things into the future. So I, I, a good example of that would be the RNLI partnership. We've just, you know, that was my idea. I, I met them a year ago and I built that relationship and got across the line. You know, that takes time and nurturing and stuff. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about that? Cause I think that's a phenomenal yeah. collaboration. Yeah. It's, it's, it's dreamy. I, I, I mean, when I started Conquer, I had all these kind of like pipe dreams and, and amazing. And I thought, I well, wouldn't it be amazing if one day we could do something with the RNLI because I I've grown up on sort of Mudderford sandbank every summer, you know, surrounded by the, the iron and it's just been that kind of great brand that I've loved. And, um, it seems very fitting. It's always seemed quite fitting for some reason. Conquer and L I just seem like a good fit. Um, so uh, yeah, a year ago I just said to them, "Would you would you be up for an online navy strength gin which um, contributes five pound on every bottle, and it also is you know you can use us as a platform to for your messaging, you know, and that, which is what they're really although they love the money coming in, they they want the audience, they want the different, they want the association with our kind of through our social media and all that sort of stuff, which is going to be great. You know, we're going to do some videos with them and um. But it's, you know, aside from that, it's an absolutely amazing gin as well. It's really lovely, kind of classic, kind of Plymouth-esque navy. So very bold and gin and a bit of uh, citrus. Um, and yeah, five pound on every bottle. Yeah. It's yeah. Amazing. And now when you talk about it, and as soon as I saw it, you got in touch with us a
0: couple of weeks ago mm. and... Uh... It just, like you say, it's an instantaneous fit. You just yeah. look at it, you know, the, the the branding, how it sits on the bottle, the association between the two, I'm going to say businesses, you know, charity and yeah. business. It's one of those, which I think, you know, again, is always the easiest way or the best stuff is the stuff that, that just looks like it works and mm. it looks obvious. Mm. Um... But yeah, you, you wouldn't imagine it would be as easy to kind of, you know, to, to, to get into a company like that, but I guess it's symbiotic and it works. So when you, when you yeah. first went in, did you, you know, was there a few no's first or was it literally like, Rupert, you're a genius? Uh,
1: <laughs> it tends to be that way,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with, with any meeting. Yeah. No, there um, no, weren't any no's, um, but they were, obviously they are extremely cautious. Um, I mean, that, one of their big challenges and one of their missions, I suppose, is to take on the problem of drink drinking and getting into trouble on the water. And they do that by... You know, taking tackling it head on by um, running campaigns with local pubs that are by the water, so they do like these throw line training, and and they have the, some um, drink aware stuff in in pubs, and they they partnered with a whiskey a little while back, and they've done this with us, and it's about sort of tackling it head on and actually accessing through kind of responsible premium um, drinking, I suppose, mm. um, and. Um, Uh, so the, they were, they were very keen, but had to kind of go through all the kind of loops and uh, jump through the hoops and the red tape of, you know, the big organization. But the one, the one thing that most made me sort of, you know, I, I suppose one, I'm completely surprised by Conquer actually, was how they, they were. They saw the value of p- pairing with Conquer, so rather than get them going. Sorry, I mean, who are you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and well, we could go and talk to anyone else. But, you know, we go and do one with you know Bombay. They'd get a massive audience, but they were like, no, we really, we love what Conker's doing, and and we feel a lot of value from reaching your added your audience, and that yeah. makes you know that's things. Oh wow, actually, they actually, you know, they think we're all right. Yeah, it's incredible that I think, isn't it? You always feel, I think, a bit like you're faking it, you? like and yeah, yeah. you're in
0: your life, you're that imposter syndrome, which yeah. I think most. Entrepreneurs have, and actually, you, you hear people at you know at a fairly you know senior level. Mm. I think everybody's winging it at the end of the day. You know, we're yeah, all yeah, just convening. human beings. We're dealing with whatever comes up. Nobody yeah. knows all the answers. Uh, and fundamentally, I still think it's about human to human. You know, whoever you spoke into the mm. RNI liked you. You like yeah, them. Yeah. Um, even in this tech-driven world, it's why I love hospitality. Because mm. fundamentally you get to sit in a room with people. It's not all about the internet. You know, we create spaces for humans to spend time with each other, and it doesn't matter if it's a birthday or an anniversary mm. or or a business meeting or even chats like. Like this, I still think we fundamentally crave that kind of, you know, what happens when you're in a room with creative minds and, and yeah. some coffee or some booze and, and, yeah. and the stories that come out of it. So yeah. I, I really, I really hope that continues.
1: Yeah. I always say that, um, business looks incredibly, um, intimidating from the outside. So me as a quantity looking in at entrepreneurs or whatever, I, I remember thinking, what's the magic, you know, what, what, what is it, what do I need to learn? What uni course do I need to do or what books do I need to read? And the more you look into it, especially with these very sort of famous entrepreneurs, like, you know, the kind of celebrity entrepreneurs, they, they just say it's gut decision, it's human relationships, it's basically referral, you know, business is referral. So as soon as you're, you're one point of contact with one person, you need to make sure that they are then making another five connections for you. And so it's just about being able to communicate. Yeah. And it's not about having all the answers, mm-hmm. all the, all the skills. Yeah, when, um, when when I talk
0: to the schools now, I'm always like, you know, they ask, "What do you look for? What do you look for in an in an employee?" And I'm kind of like, the technology can answer so many questions now. AI is going to answer so many questions. That kind of process orientated stuff. What I really want, and particularly in our sector, but I think probably just in life, is if you can if you can look somebody in the eye and you can smile mm. and you can articulate your opinion, just good humans. You know, yeah. just be a pleasant human. Everything else you can, yeah. it. you can learn it. But just just learn that. So with the kids. Mm you know with my kids it's you know it's get out to to scouts it's go camping it's spend some time outside it's mm. play a sport it's just interact with human beings as much as possible mm. and i think that's hopefully going to remain you know an important thing but, even as we all sit behind our desks
1: and program stuff on computers you know yeah. we're
0: still yeah
1: still about people yeah well that's what i hang my hat on really with conquerors like we'll we'll embrace all the technology but fundamentally it's that authentic thing you can hold in your hand and it's just a bit a bit of old school yeah and um and and just being you know not not losing track of the aesthetics of just also being on your own and chilling and staying in and and not posting it online and uh, uh, as much as you want to kind of do do the digital it's all about the gin and tonic basically at the end of the day yeah our, our objective is how do we get people off of the out of the digital space and into the physical
0: space so although we use the internet and mm. we use social media yeah what i really want to do is i want people to turn it off i want mm. them to go out and and sit yeah. around a fire and have a beer or have some 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 cocktails and kind of mm. yeah just just hang with each other mm. and turn all the social off i think it's going to be fascinating to see you know, I think with our kids, they're probably seeing the negative uh, impact of social media. I think they, mm. you know, they lose their parents. They, they, I think, you know, as adults, we can't cope with social media. We're addicted to it. We're addicted to our phones. We're addicted to tech. I think it'll be fascinating to see if there's a backlash from mm. the kids who kind of grow up and go, "Well, look, you know, my parents were often gazing into this little screen when <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wanted to play football." And, and hopefully, you know, I certainly try and be really conscious of that and mm. make sure that I'm present and spend time with them.
1: But I wonder if, yeah,
0: I guess you know, it'll be it'll be different anyway because yeah. it always is. But it'll be interesting to
1: see if they If they shy away from that because of the impact, yeah. but uh, well, my kids, yeah mine mine are two and three, so by the time. I'm, I'm hedging my bets that they'll shut the internet when they're about sixteen, so yeah. I can just relax. Just, yeah. they'll, just, they'll just turn it off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that'd be nice. It? Just press, press the no, off button. It's done. Let's yeah. go back to yeah. broadsheets and yeah. um, and even uh, telegrams. though
0: my, my fridge is now connected, yeah. and my
1: shoes. You know, there's an
0: app for, for doing them up. Yeah. Um, talking about business though, do you, so do you ever hear bad uh, bad recommendations or bad advice? I'm sure people come to you and ask your perspective on how to do stuff. But is there kind of continual stuff where you go, I wish people would stop,
1: yeah, sort of you know putting out that. No. That propaganda. Yeah. Well, probably not. But I mean, I, I think I hear the same stuff come back from people, and that's that. Like I touched on earlier on, earlier on, which is that the risk of, of of taking that leap, and it's actually just actually dissecting that and actually going, what actually, what actually are you? What is the risk there? And also that you know people put out this kind of fear of failure, and what if I fail? And that, that is getting over that is a really crucial. You know, crucial steps. So there's there's loads of stuff that I do that I just have to kind of like suck up and go, right, that's not gonna work down this road, you know. Um and uh with on that on that failure, so you have it's often the perception of of you, isn't it? So the, the, the failure is often well how will people what will people think if, if I if this doesn't go to plan? And actually when you think about that, if 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 you knew someone who had left their day job to start a new job or to invest all their money and it all went wrong, who on, in their right mind is going to go, oh, what an idiot. Yeah. No one's going to do that. Everyone's going to be like, wow, more than I'd do. So actually, when you actually think about it, no one of sane mind would actually think badly of someone who took the punt and it failed. So um, I love debunking these kind of myths, actually. It's kind of quite liberating because it actually liberates people as well because people can be stuck doing things. And when you actually take the time to dissect these reasons not to do something... They're often flawed.
0: I think it seems to be quite a British thing, doesn't it? The Americans have a reputation for being able to embrace failure. Mm. And I wonder, I'm a a governor at a uh, a primary school, and I kind of, you know, look at all the the tests and the systems and and hats off to them, you know, like massive respect for... Mm. for, The education system and and what they achieve with limited resources, but it does go back to that. Are we, are we teaching the wrong stuff and are we Mm. teaching the wrong skills? You know, we're teaching compliance. We're teaching, put your hand up if you want to speak and Mm. we're teaching you know, too much ridicule probably if you get things wrong. It's Mm -hmm. all about passing the test and passing the exam. And you're kind of like, well, actually, could we celebrate failure? Could we we come up with a question Mm -hmm. where 90% of people get it wrong because, or maybe there isn't even a wrong, you know, there's just perspectives. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how we change that psyche because I see kids who are, you know they're terrified of getting it wrong. They don't put their hands up. They're the yeah. kids that retreat and kind of hide from the questions. And and mm. again, as an adult, you'd probably go, "Good on you, fair play for just answering the question," mm. or at least people like you and I would. Mm. And other people might judge and go, "Oh, you're an idiot." You know, mm. you answered the question wrong. Mm. But yeah, I see it in my own kids. I, it makes me nervous. You yeah. want to kind of go look, just just mess up, just mm. mess up all the time, and 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 learn fast. You know, fail yeah. fast, learn fast, move on to the next thing. It
1: would yeah. be nice to know if we could educate that. Yeah, because yeah, you'll always you'll always have people putting up and saying the wrong answer from from like fact or, fact or false you know kind of knowledge it's about how you kind of interpret that sort of getting it wrong and, and what have you isn't it um and it will be a cu- culture in culture in business as well like i think more i think going forward this will be just a common where um you know the the opportunity given being given the opportunity to work on your own things and work on your own projects because the i without kind of feeling like you're going to be, you know, failure is going to be frowned upon. Um, Because ultimately the opportunity is in the gaps, isn't it? It's not, it's not for like, we don't follow the path of other spirits. You know, although we get asked for it all the time. And I probably, maybe one day we'll have to eat my words, you know, I'm not going to do a rhubarb gin. (laughs) Despite the fact that it would probably made us loads of money because it's just not, it's not innovation. It's not interesting, and it's so. Instead, we we did the coffee liqueur, which is like a literally, you know, a UK first. So um, I think it's about pursuing the gaps. I think it's about not looking actually at a competition and actually looking at what they're not doing. Um, and it's it's definitely a harder road, and it's definitely lined with uh, failure. But it's way more interesting, and um, ultimately, there's bigger rewards. I think.
0: Yeah. And as you've got um, busier and busier, and more opportunities present themselves, and more people come to you, uh, is there certain things that you've had to get
1: better at saying no to? Do you do? You, did you used to say yes to everything? I'm and terrible now, saying no. Yeah, uh, I think that's the problem with an entrepreneur. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a massive yes man, and um, um, and. And I think it's put us in good stead. I think it's brilliant because you never, you never know like the relevance or what you're going to get out of something before you do it. So, you know, we get asked, you know, can you, can you come and do a drinks reception at our um, club? And there's going to be 12 people there. And you just think, oh my God, you know, I've had a really tough week, but you think, well, just, just go for it. And then you'll, you'll meet someone that will change the course of conquer for the, for the rest of time. Um, and it's about this, um, not being able to join the dots up looking forward. It's about actually looking back and going, God, if I hadn't done that little event, then I'd never, we'd never run that bar at that national festival, you know, and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. really, this is a really good example, right? So about, so when I was in that year of still living in that rent, living in that rented house, giving away bottles cause I couldn't sell it. I gave away a bottle to a friend of a friend, um, who, um, she was just in the industry and, and my mate said, oh, could you give a bottle to her? And so I, I gave a bottle to her and in exchange, cause I couldn't take any money in exchange. She says, I've got something in exchange for your bottle. And it was, a, it was a, blo- it was a balloon animal of a, of a spider. right? <laughs> so, so I posted that on our Facebook page and it was like, you know, we accept all kinds of currencies. Brilliant. Meaningless. I've given away a bottle for a, a balloon spider gutted, yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. but you know, it's just the attitude of like, let's do this. Let's make this happen. Um, about eight months ago, I got a a phone call, um, from a number. I didn't recognize on my phone, picked it up and said, hello. He said, he said, Rupert. I said, yes. Who's this? And he said, oh, Marco Pierre White. Brilliant. (laughs) And so it turns out she's buddies with Marco Pierre White and she's made the recommendation to him. And he, and he's called me up. Wow. We now, you know, we're now, um, in his sixty franchise franchise restaurants. I've had, I had lunch with him the other day. He's given us, recently we've been posting online. our um, He's done a review on each of our products that we've been putting online. Just Amazing. a little rant, like mad, yeah, incredible. mad comments about our, but great comments about our products. Um, and then export, we're looking at Singapore where he's got like a franchise out there. So, you know, and that all comes from giving away a whole bottle of gin for a balloon animal. It's not a bad investment, though. Is it? So, um, and I, I there are a lot of people I can think of in my head who would be like, oh, "I can't give any away. It's too precious." Um, you know, it, you've got you really do have to kind of f- f- stop trying to th- overthink stuff, like you were saying earlier on about a- overanalyzing it, and just go, "Let's get let's get the product out there," and um, you can't, even if you're a solicitor or um, you know whatever whatever your profession if you don't give away a bit of your product for free initially you'll never convert strangers to to customers because you've, you've got people have to be converted you know, you have to kind of turn to turn a stranger into a friend yeah. and someone that can trust you. And if you're a solicitor, you do that by taking them out for lunch or doing a few. We've, people do it. You know, they've done it to us where they do a few jobs on the cheap or for free, and then they've got you for life. That's yeah, true. <laughs> but yeah. you know, you've got to give away. You've got to give some stuff away to, um, to to accumulate, I suppose. Yeah,
0: yeah no, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's a good example. So. Um, you know phenomenal journey phenomenal 4
1: years congrats mm. on what you've achieved mm. what's next what are you seeing as uh, conker's future you know i i think of this year and it's just been massive and i'm in the last couple of months i've lined up another massive year for us really? yeah we've got um a, we've got the 1000 liter stills that we're going to be getting hold of so the proper willy wonka style bits of kit um we've got another little another kind of product idea up my sleeve um which will Help us reach more people and 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 do kind of really. Um, you know, I want to be known for our innovate innovation really, and our curiosity and our you know interest like meaningful products. Um, so yeah, next year is just all about building what we've done really. Um, ex- we don't do any export, so I'm going to be pursuing that with a bit more intent this year, um, next year because this year's just been. It gets so far, and then you've just got your day job, basically UK UK stuff to do. Um, so it's it's endless, really. Um, do you think you'll need to uh, to to seek
0: finance? Have you looked at the kind of crowdfunding thing, or whether could you move faster if you got investment, or is that not really of interest?
1: Um, it's definitely of interest. We um, we know the the stuff we've got for next year. So these big stills we'll, we'll be doing through like asset finance, um, but fundamentally we need to. You know, it's so expensive getting yourself known. And and particularly as we kind of moved to play amongst the bigger players, we found, you know, whereas we might have had a really good inroad to, to be a gin at an event the last couple of years. Um, getting, we're kind of getting turned around now and people saying, oh, actually, this big brand's paid us X to be here. And we're like, well, okay, we'll step aside. So we're, we're starting to play with the big boys, um, which is great. Um so yeah, crowd crowdfunding is actually something we're going to look at next year. It might not definitely happen, but it's been in my mind obviously from day dot, but it's just resource and also make and for the right reason. I think we've got a really good reason to do it now. Um yeah I think it's fascinating. the
0: you know one good thing came out of the recession, it was the change from the concept of having mm. to go to one person for yeah. lots of money to go into lots of people for a little bit of money yeah. and back with what we were saying yeah. earlier about the kind of access to um, to information through mm. technology. N- not only have you got the access to the knowledge, you've now got access to money because yeah. there's so many peer-to-peer lending concepts you know there still seems to be cash out there in the system yeah. and it's not easy, but it's available and and it's just much more diverse than it was.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got that um I want to say funding circle, is that the one That's the kind one. of yep. the business loan? Yep. Um so yeah, a traditional loan, but the money is coming from a pool of individuals rather than the bank. Yeah. And they know. get they
0: get money in your account in 7 days. Not that this is an ad for funding circle, but um, <laughs> Yeah, we, <laughs> make don't, a we don't we don't do they it, but we definitely looked into it.
1: Um, yeah. it's it's a case of so if you on paper when I back in the day when I was thinking about doing Conquer, from a financial perspective it's not viable. Yeah, It's not going to happen. I didn't have any money to spend. But I did just plow on thinking there's always money for good ideas. There's always money for good ideas. You know, you see it all the time on, on, on the telly, like Dragon's Den. If it's a good idea, someone will give you money for it, even if they have to take a bit of your company. We avoided that. So we didn't have to give. We, we're still, we own all the company because we grew organically. Um, but I definitely would have. I definitely would have given away X percent to have you know, money to make it happen.
0: Because well, means
1: to an end, isn't it? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And well done for not because you're probably in a much better negotiation position yeah, now. So again, yeah. I thought it'd be good. Um, very conscious on time. I could talk to you for another hour. I'd love to go into all the events you do mm. and all the other stuff. But we'll just have to meet up, Rupert. Yeah, con- sure. Conscious, of, conscious of time. But um, where can people find out more about you? You know, if they if they would like to, and uh, and even purchase the product.
1: Yeah. So head head to the website. We have just literally today launched the new website, which has a really powerful kind of stockist finder. So you can chuck in your your postcode and find all our individual products. And if you're nowhere near those, you can order online. Um, and then we've, as I said earlier on, we've, we've pulled together our story and what we're all about and really kind of sharpened our pencils to kind of nail down what we, why we're here. And you can read all about that and, um, yeah just tuck into some gin perfect <laughs> amazing well
0: yeah thanks again for sparing the
1: time uh, your you know your
0: reputation as just being, you know a, a gentleman of the industry is great as well so you have a you have a great reputation you know yeah. on a personal level as good. well as for your brand yeah uh, and i i you know i love seeing you know i think we're so lucky in, in and locally that there's so many great you know guys and girls off developing these little boutique mm. brands it's, it's a really exciting time yeah. uh, and being able to have these conversations and join the journey and i hope we'll be able to talk again in the future and that it continues to be exciting but for now uh, thank you rupert of conquer
1: pleasure thank you mark
0: Okay, there you have it. That is the conversation with Rupert Holloway. I very much hope you enjoyed it. Uh, The website that Rupert was referring to at the end of the conversation there is conquerspirit.co.uk. That's conquerspirit.co.uk. I'll put some more information in the show notes, but please head over to his website uh, and read more and watch a few videos on all that Rupert is up to. Uh, We will now be releasing new episodes of the Humans of Hospitality podcast every single week, so uh, please go to your, I don't know, iTunes or podcast provider of choice, click on subscribe, and hopefully we will automatically appear in your feed. And as I said at the start, any feedback I do want to know, Uh, this is early days, I've been thinking about this project for probably about a year, Uh, very excited to finally get on with it, I hope you will share the journey with me, but I would love your feedback feedback, what works well for you, what works less well, what kind of episodes do you want, what length would you want, any kind of subjects, people you'd like me to uh, interview, please get in touch uh, at Mark Crib via Twitter and Instagram or go to humansofhospitality.co.uk website and uh, find the links and more information on there. Okay, thank you so much. Hopefully I will be in your earpieces or on your stereos in a week's time. Thank you.